Hey, welcome back for another episode of the podcast, Porn Brain Rewire, with me, your hostess with the mostest, Dr. Trish Lee. Today, we're going to talk about Thanksgiving. Uh, the holiday in the United States is this Thursday, so the day that this podcast will air, and Thanksgiving is the least watched porn day of the year. Now, why is that? Today, we're going to dig into the elements of Thanksgiving that make it so that it's a low watch day. And these, in fact, are the elements that if you get them going in your daily life, they will be least watched days also. So we are going to focus on three main things today, which of course I've given the snappy name, the triple F's. And we are going to dig into number one, family and friends. Number two, we're going to dig into feasting and fun. And number three, football. So if you don't like football, you can just stick around because it's going to be an analogy or a metaphor for um, other things that you can do in your life also. Although the Buffalo Bills are playing this Thursday and we all know I'm a fair weather fan and the weather was pretty good on Sunday. Well, actually it was terrible in Buffalo, but the weather in terms of the way that the Bills played was good. So I will be rooting them on at seven o'clock on Thanksgiving evening with my Buffalo homies. I was supposed to be in Buffalo this past weekend and they got pounded by a snowstorm and I ended up not going and, you know, my family was all snowed in. So it was a blessing that I did not head off to Buffalo and get snowed in. Okay, so let's dig in first to friends and family. Now, if you've heard me talk about my 90-day program or the pieces to a porn brain rewire that are just crucial to succeed, you know that building intimacy with the people in your life that you care about, that is one of the most crucial aspects of a porn brain rewire. Intimacy is a tricky thing for many people who struggle with pornography. You go into the screen and consume porn to feel this distorted version of intimacy which in fact then makes it difficult to have real true intimacy with your partner or with your friends, with your family. Intimacy is at the core of something that needs to be healed in a porn brain rewire. Thanksgiving is a time where you can just chill. So if you're chilling with the people you actually care about and that it's easy for you to let the brain and the nervous system come down, that's an element that's going to make it so that you don't want to go into the screen because you're enjoying your time with your friends and family. That can even be Friendsgiving. If you don't want to be with your family of origin, dude, I will not blame you, right? I, I feel you on that one. You can love those people and not have to go spend time with them on Thanksgiving or spend limited time in a healthy way, but spend time with people who you can bring your nervous system down and relax. So what we're going for is the opposite of fight and flight. Fight and flight is a stress response in the nervous system where and when you live your busy day-to-day -day life and you're running here and you're late for meetings and you're dealing with teenagers and all the crap they give you and you're hustling and you're bustling and you're late on deadlines for work, that all produces mini fight or flight. It puts your nervous system up here, resonating so fast, making you feel stressed, anxious, want to take the edge off. 
Now on Thanksgiving, if you get up and you watch the Macy's Day Parade, like I've been doing for the last 49 years, uh, and you just relax with your people and enjoy time with them, it allows your nervous system to come down and rest and digest. It's the opposite of a sympathetic dominance nervous system and allowing your nervous system to get into the parasympathetics so your brain and your body can recover. That's why Thanksgiving is so crucial. So get up and watch the Macy's Day Parade. Sit around and do nothing with your friends and family. It's such a beautiful thing. What it's going to do is get you out of sympathetic dominance, out of mini fight or flight, and help you to get into parasympathetic rest and digest. Now here's the key. You can do that every day of your life. You just have to intentionally create the time. So schedule it in. If it's not scheduled, it's not real. So you have to schedule in that time for you to sit on your couch, let the nervous system come down, laugh with your partner. Hopefully I'm thinking about the weird things my husband was doing yesterday. <laughs> I know it's like, it's an inside joke. Even if I shared it with you, it's not even funny, but it was cracking me up. We were just sitting around being totally weird laughing and joking. And a day later, it still is making me laugh, which is giving me my brain serotonin, oxytocin, and dopamine from my life, from sitting around with my friends and my family. That's what I encourage you to do on Thanksgiving and every day of your life, because then you won't have to go into the screen. If you don't get your brain up at those high levels of sympathetic dominance, then you're not pushed into the screen where the supernormal stimulus of porn exists and it basically floods your brain with dopamine and it numbs it out and it takes you very quickly out of sympathetic dominance into artificial parasympathetics, which in fact is damaging your brain. It's knocking out functioning in the frontal lobe and it's desensitizing the reward center in the middle of your brain. Not healthy for you, but what is healthy for you is hanging out with your friends and your family. Let's go to F number two, the triple F's. F number two is feasting and fun. Now, I have huge respect for Leonardo da Vinci. Who doesn't? Am I right? Uh, one of my regrets, I don't have many regrets in life, but his papers, his notebooks were here in the art museum a few years ago, and I meant to go and I never went and laid eyes on them. Of course, I've seen um, pictures in books of his notebook, but I would have loved to laid my eyes on his actual notebook. And if you don't know much about Leonardo da Vinci. He had such an intelligent engineering mind, but then he also took time to create art and to look at the sky and to let his brain integrate all the thinking that he did in terms of scientific knowledge and ideas. He also tapped into, that's all left brain stuff. He tapped into right brain of creating and relaxing. Left brain is logical, analytical planning. He did a lot of that, but then he also did a lot of the other right brain stuff to integrate across the corpus callosum, that middle area in the brain, integrate creativity and the ability to implement that creativity, which is really, really cool. And one thing he is quoted as saying is that he would sup every night with someone, friends or family. Supping meaning he would have dinner, he'd have a glass or two of wine, 
and he would relax and enjoy the company of his friends and family. He would feast. We do not do that. I had to set a rule for myself a long time ago. Sit to eat, Trish. If you're sitting to eat and you're reminding yourself to do that, your schedule is too jammed up. Guilty as charged. So when we take the time to feast, to spend a lot of time preparing a beautiful, delicious meal to share with others, that's very dopamine producing and serotonin and oxytocin producing, the happiness trifecta. When we take the time to plan the meal, to cook the meal, to set the table, to relax around it, and we feast together, that is so good for your brain. Again, taking you out of sympathetic dominance of the day-to-day grind and putting your brain into parasympathetic rest and digest. It's the opposite. It's exactly what your brain needs for recovery. Now that's the feasting part. There's also the fun part. Uh, I bought some game this year. Hopefully the fam squad doesn't poo-poo it, but um, what's it called? Something about a werewolf. Something about a werewolf at night. It seemed to be like a character game and on the box it said that it takes under 10 minutes a game. So I thought this could be a crowd pleaser because my family likes D&D, which is a very lengthy game. And some of my family always refuses to play. Hence the 10 minutes should work to get everybody engaged in it. And that's going to be fun. So you know, I have a couple other things planned. Flexibly scheduled, loosely planned day where I am not I'm not overly identified with having to do any of these things, but I also have planned for them so that we're not just sitting around twiddling our thumbs staring at each other. There's some organization and flow to the day because my whole family is going to be with us, uh, minus one of my kids who won't be making it, but everybody else will be there. And so we'll have such nice family time in the townhouse. I had to We're in a townhouse because my home is being remediated. So I had to buy a folding table, get folding chairs. I got a tablecloth. I am excited about making this Thanksgiving really nice and lovely with my family, even though we're not in our home. And we're, you know, if you look at it from a glass half empty uh, viewpoint, it We don't even have anywhere to have dinner. We're going to have to jimmy rig the whole thing. But I've gamified it so that we can have fun jimmy rigging it and spend the time together and remember that even though this was a crazy, slightly chaotic time, that, you know, family is the most important part and the fun is the most important part. Now, I want to make the distinction with fun is that fun isn't massive amount of pleasure. Like, I'm going to have fun playing this game, but I am not, it's not going to hit the nervous system with massive amount of dopamine like pornography does. What it's going to do is hit that happiness trifecta of dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin if I can stay present in it and enjoy my time with my people. Now, this would be a good time for the caveat that if you are escaping into the screen, consistently and frequently, and especially with any level of intensity, that if you're doing that, what happens is it can be extra difficult to have fun with your family because there's nowhere near enough dopamine and serotonin and oxytocin aren't even registering on the scale. So if you feel the pull of the screen while you're spending time on Thanksgiving with your people, that is typical if you are wrapped up in a porn habit. So if you're feeling that pull, like you want to leave nine out of 10 bad, 
it's because your brain is taught that the dopamine, all the pleasure is in the screen and that there's no pleasure in the world. Your brain's actually taught that there's a dopamine deficit in the world. And so parties can be stressful. There's cortisol spikes and dopamine crashes. But if you remember that and you allow yourself to stay present, you will enjoy your time at lower levels. And again, we know it's one of the least watched days of the year. So it's the least watched day of the year. So there's something to be said for that. Okay, moving on to F number three is football. Are you ready for some football? Okay, even if you're not a football fan, remembering that being part of a community is important. So when people are sports fans, I remember back in the day, I thought it was nuts that people would be face painters. If you're a face painter, I apologize. <laughs> but I, you know, I remember thinking like, you're a face painter for this team that you don't even know. This was when I was young. Now I know that when you're part of a community, the belonging to the community, even if you don't meet the principles of it, is really, really important. So paint that face, my friend. And get psyched about the game, even if Josh Allen threw an interception in the last couple seconds two games ago. Come back for more because that is your squad. And it's exciting to be part of something bigger than you. That's what's so cool about my YouTube channel is that when it started to take off, I'm like, I'm part of something bigger than me. And it's amazing that people are resonating with the message that I have to share and that we're here together all trying to accomplish the same goal of self-actualization, becoming the best versions of ourselves and leaving habits behind like pornography that are self-sabotaging us from doing that. So that community piece has always been really important to me and finding it where you can find it, that it feels good to you is super duper important. So if football feels good, watch it and engage in it. And if it's not football, find something else to become part of the community. It's really important for your brain and your life. So football is a way that we do that on Thanksgiving. Um, another thing, sometimes people go see movies and you know, my family were movie buffs. So if Buffalo wasn't playing, we probably wouldn't be watching football. Um, the kids, my teenagers wanted to go see the new Black Panther movie, which some of them have seen by now, but you know, we love the Marvel movies. Marvel's kind of a community that we belong to. And so that was another plan. And we actually have Friendsgiving plans with our besties, but we're like, you know what? If nothing hits, we'll just go watch Black Panther. And this way we have a soft plan of what would be good for us, but we're willing to go with the flow at the same time. And we're not doubled down on making sure we do everything, which would just be stressful and anxiety provoking for some people in my family. Remembering to keep it at fun, but thinking about football and being part of a community that is bigger than you, that you can be a part of and contribute to, but also glean pleasure, happiness, and connection through. That's the importance of the football part. So what does Thanksgiving look like for you right now? I told you what mine looks like. I'm going to just reiterate it real quick, and I want you to find some sense of it for yourself if you don't have this going, because I know everybody's life isn't like mine. I have a lot of kids. I have a partner who is my bestie, so we're going to get up. We make breakfast together. Uh, we will watch the parade together. My hubs won't stay around the whole time. He'll he'll go off and he'll piddle. It'll be weird because we don't have our house now and there's not much piddling to do. Um, 
in the townhouse, but he'll do his thing in there. I always just leave the dog show on because people, my kids will come out. We don't really watch TV on a daily basis, but on Thanksgiving, I keep the, I keep the TV on most of the day because it's the opposite of our regular life. So it creates relaxation and excitement. The dog show, you know, that dog show. So we'll always like check out all the dogs and, you know, here and there passing while I make dinner. The kids will each usually help me. Each one of them will help me with a dish. So they participate, but obviously I mostly um, take care of that. But I enjoy that cooking, if you've heard me say before, is a really, really positive executive function project for you to have. Um, it's super good for your brain to be able to take small steps towards a larger goal and then be able to share that goal with your friends and family. And then also food itself is dopamine producing. So learning to cook is a really positive executive function project or just contributing to the cooking of the Thanksgiving meal. If that's not something you've done before, you can think about contributing and chopping up some veggies, which is super mindless and allows your brain to recover while you chat with your friends and family. Think about how you can engage in that. Then intentional time when you're having your feast. Allow yourself to relax. Allow yourself to stay present. Uh, what I did this year is I bought this tree where on the leaves you can write what you're grateful for. So this way we don't put everybody on the spot going around. And sometimes we do that with just our besties where we'll go around and we'll say what we're grateful for and it's really, really cool. And this time I have a tree where everybody can write on it what they're grateful for and tap into that feeling of gratitude. We know when you feel thankful and you feel gratitude, it has really positive effects on your brain. There's a lot of neuroscience that shows, and I've shared here before that every day I write three gratitudes in my journal. I call it a thousand gifts. And then they add up and each day I can laugh about the thing that happened yesterday or I can tap into the small joys. I try to have those that have depth and breadth. So I'm getting different experiences from my life to remind myself day to day how grateful I am, even when things get crazy. Um, even if you struggle with addiction or compulsion, even if you're toxified by mold, even if you have illnesses, even if your financial situation could be better, even if there's a loved one who you're not spending time with this holiday season, I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. Um, tapping into the gratitude and being thankful for what you do have is really important and can motivate you into the future. So remember to remind yourself of what you're grateful for and you're thankful for on Thanksgiving. And if you're not from the United States and you don't participate in Thanksgiving, these tips can be used all day, every day. That's the beauty of it. Um, but we're going to write them down this year, whether the kids know it or not. And it's going to be a beautiful thing. Um, and then I'll put the dog show on. I told you about the dog show. Then we'll watch the Buffalo Bills game. And we're probably going over to my besties, Chanel and Ford's house to watch the Buffalo Bills game and to hang out with them for Friendsgiving, which we've done for nine years since we moved here. Um, so, you know, that's a really full but flexible and lovely day of being with the people that I love and the people who love me. And that's what I want for you. So if you're super busy, because let me share with you what Thanksgivings used to be for us. Now, my husband and I both come from families of six kids. We have six kids ourselves. So we both have three boys and three girls in our family. That's what we have, three boys, three girls. And 
we used to have to go to like five Thanksgivings. You know, we would spend our holidays running around making sure we made it to whoever was having whatever. And even before we moved here, I stopped that. I'm like, I'm not dragging these babies. We had lots of small kids. I'm not dragging these small kids all over town, not enjoying anything. We're going to have our own Thanksgiving and we're going to enjoy it. Have the courage to do what's good for you while you're still sending love to the people in your life. You don't have to go to all the Thanksgivings. If you're dreading your Thanksgiving because you're going somewhere that you don't want to, rethink that. Um, you know, you can show up for a little while, but this is your one life. You know, I want to look back at all the Thanksgivings and be able to say, you know, I'm excited with the way that they all played out and it's exactly what I wanted. I have my kids come and go. I don't make them do anything. You know, some of them are still young, but as they move into adulthood, it's their lives. I want to be with them, but am I going to make them be with me? No, because at certain point in their life, you know, their mom's Thanksgiving isn't the first and foremost thing that they want to do on Thanksgiving. They want to go do their own. But of course, I want to make sure we stay connected in it. And so I'm always adaptable in the holidays. Um, the day after Thanksgiving, we always go get our Christmas tree, which usually we get the world's largest Christmas tree. So we get there at 8 a.m. when the Christmas tree farm opens so we can get the biggest one. Yes, that's my husband's doing. This year, I'm like, let's go at 11, man, because these kids are teenagers. Nobody wants to get up. We go, we fly in, we grab the tree, we fly out because nobody wants to be there at 8 a.m. By 11, they'll all be able to engage in it. So adapting that because of the season of, the, of life that we're in is going to make it so that we can continue to have fun with the tradition without killing it but adapting it and changing it so it suits the season that we're in. And I'm ready to do a lot of adapting into the future because all my kids are growing into adulthood. And so it's weird because they're kind of dropping off. But at the same time, I know they'll be back and I know they'll come and go if the door's always open. So, you know, remembering to be flexible there in your, in your holidays, but Make sure you are grounding yourself in pleasure, happiness, and connection for Thanksgiving. If you don't have anywhere to go, and there's people out there that don't have anybody they really want to spend time with, I encourage you to think about that and figure it out and ask someone if they want to spend time together on Thanksgiving so that you have that connection. It's really, really, really important for you. Okay, before I wrap up, I want to talk about holiday heartache, and I'm going to revisit this moving towards Christmas in the United States and New Year's and all of the winter holidays, but let's start thinking about it today for Thanksgiving. If you can't spend Thanksgiving with someone that you love, either because they've passed or they're disconnected from you, I really want to encourage you not to think of it as a heartache, but just to send that person love. Now, if they've passed you have to move through the grieving process for you to be able to come out the other side. And I know the grieving process is not linear. It has five stages, but they can go back and forth and up and down and all over the place. Grieve the loss of not having that person with you this year, but at the same time, tap into the gratitudes and the things that you're thankful for because that person would want you to have happiness and connection on Thanksgiving, not to sit around grieving. People don't want you sitting around grieving. And if they do, if the person's still alive and they're disconnected from you and they're trying to torture you, that's exactly what they want, is for you to sit around missing them. 
But when that's the case, there's ambiguous grief. Ambiguous grief is, man, is it something. And I have had my share of ambiguous grief too. Ambiguous grief is when you've lost a loved one. They're still alive, but you're not connected to them physically. And you miss them and you love them and you can't communicate with them. And this is happening to so many people across the world. As your loved ones figure themselves out, you can still send love towards them. When you send anxiety, when you send animosity, when you attack them in defense of yourself, when you send sadness into the world, none of that helps the cause. What does help the cause is thinking about them with love. And what's happened to me lately is the person that I'm thinking about has popped into my mind 10,000 times because I'm moving into the holiday season. So now I'm like, dang, this person's in my mind all the time. Every time the person pops into my mind, I think of the other people in my life to spread kind of the sadness that is trying to pop into my mind, to spread it with the joy and the love that I have with that person who's just not with me right now and with all the other people in my life. So that person pops in and I put my love bubble around them. And then I think of all my other people and I put my love bubble around them. When you send love out, you get back what you send out. You send sadness out, you get back sadness. You send grief out, you get back grief. You send hate out, you get hate back. I always try to send love out so I get love back. And not only does it help me heal from the ambiguous grief, it also helps me to be able to stay in joy and love. And if you send those vibes out, even if the person physically doesn't come back to you, you can stay connected through communication of your mind. I know maybe I lost some people there, but we know that our brain's energy will attune out. It will go out. And we know that the electromagnetic field around us will radiate out the levels of energy coming from you. And we know those levels of energy can go from very low levels of shame and guilt. And usually if someone's missing in your life, you're feeling guilty about it on some level. Very low energy pattern. So when you raise your energy and you have the courage, which is raising your energy, to stay in joy and love and peace... That's when you resonate out the energy that attracts people back to you. So if you want that person back in your life, stay attractive, stay peaceful, stay joyful, stay thankful, stay grateful. Okay, I hope this helps you out and happy Thanksgiving to all of you in the United States. And I wish you a beautiful, lovely day of friends, family, feasting, fun, and go Bills. All right, control your brain or it'll control you.